in this Advent series, I've been speaking about the different comings of Christ. Two weeks ago, when I spoke about the second coming and how God has promised to bring us the world we always wanted and we never have, the New Jerusalem. And then last Sunday, I was referring to that present coming of Jesus. When the Lord comes to us through his grace, he promises in the Gospel of John, my Father and I will come to you and make your, our dwelling in you. But in these last two Sundays, the, the focus shifts to the first coming of Christ, to the Incarnation. Now, I'm not going to talk about the events of the Incarnation, because that would be a, a Christmas homily. But I'm going to talk maybe about how God prepared Israel for that first coming. And the first figure that we hear from as that immediate preparation for Christ's coming is John the Baptist. So I propose that we look at a couple of ways in which John the Baptist sets like a good pattern for us and how to prepare for, for Christ in Christmas. The first element of that is the humility of John the Baptist. John was someone really outstanding in his humility. And it's, it's a very important virtue if you want to receive God in your life. Because pride closes us off to God's grace. There's not much God can do with a prideful person. But if you're humble, that, that opens up the game, if you want. Now, the problem is, usually there's a lot of misconceptions around, around humility. We think that it's, it's having this very low concept of who I am and thinking that you know, I'm, I cannot do anything right. I remember, as an example, many years ago, I had this, uh, I found this Christian radio station that put out, along with other award categories at the end of the year, the category for the most humble, or the humblest Christian artist. And of course, it was tongue-in-cheek to see who would come up with the funniest kind of application. This guy, Ron Stallworth, leader of the Sanderson Craig Band, said, I can think of few artists that are as humble as I am. I may not have written any top-ranking songs or have the best voice, but humility is my thing. And Jenny Brooks said in her video, initially I didn't think I could nominate myself for this award. I mean, I'm not even sure I could deserve any award. But then I realized maybe this is the one award I have a chance at. And finally, Mark Hauser said, I think I'm a good candidate for this award because I never had the chance to lose my humility. Last month, I was, it was the first time someone recognized me in a grocery store. This guy asked me, are you Mark Hauser? I was thrilled, but it turned out it was because we went to high school together. <laughs> so in a kind of funny way, this, this line still reflects this very common idea of humility, that being humble is accepting that everybody else is better than I am, and I'm good for nothing. But that's not what humility is about. Humility is about accepting the person God made you. It's accepting yourself, your circumstances, your family, your weaknesses, and your strengths. That's part of, a very important part of humility. And that means that I can fail in humility by overshooting by pretending to have qualities I don't have, 
or do things I cannot do. Maybe I pretend I'm the best for this kind of task or that I'm the most knowledgeable person in this area when I'm not or that I'm the funniest person in the room when I'm not. Well, you know, that, that I spend a lot of, a lot of energy, energy trying to convince myself and other people that I have these qualities. And it's useless. It doesn't work. But I also, that doesn't allows, does not allow me to see the qualities I do have, the things I am good at. So I can fail in humility by overshooting, but can also fail by undershooting, by not recognizing those qualities that are given to me, and maybe the opportunities that those qualities allow me to, things that they allow me to accomplish. I don't use them because it feels too much, maybe, too ambitious or too challenging. And so I end up doing what Father Ivan was describing a few weeks ago. I end up uh, giving in to fear and burying my talent. And that would not be humble because I'm not accepting the call that God has for me. I'm not accepting who I am. In many cases, humility requires us to be bold, to be courageous, to go for ambitious goals. It's counterintuitive, isn't it? John the Baptist was a great example in this strand of humility. He was aware that God has, had called him to be a voice crying out in the desert. He was not Elijah or the prophet. He was to be this voice preparing the way for the Messiah. And he caused a stir. He was truly great because you know, he, even authorities in Jerusalem had to come all the way to investigate what was going on. So he didn't overshoot. He did not pretend he was Christ. But he didn't undershoot either. He could have said, you know, since I'm not the Messiah, I'm staying home. Well, that's not what he did. So humble means fighting both. Being humble means fighting both extremes. The second way in which John the Baptist prepares the Lord's coming is also related to humility, and it's discovering the greatness that is hidden in his mission and being faithful to it. Again, he was not supposed to be Elijah or the prophet or the Christ, but there was greatness in what he was called to do. If you think of it, greatness is about simple things that are extended to many and you make them sustainable over time. Simple things. For example, you have a, a student being taught by an excellent teacher. You extend that to many people and make it sustainable. You have a university. Lead someone to acknowledge, you know, I'm a sinner. I, I need God's grace. You extend it to many people over time and you reform an entire nation. That's what John was doing. So, you know, great things are simple things made available to many and made sustainable. And John got to see that. He saw that he had to be faithful to that simple mission that God entrusted to him. And there was greatness in it. I was reminded when I, think, when I was thinking of this, of a story by uh, the Spanish novelist Miguel de Unamuno. He wrote this short story about a teacher, a rural teacher in Spain, Don Cassiano, who was a teacher in Carrasqueda, this tiny little town. And it's an allegory of what it means to be a good mentor. Because this teacher never left this tiny village 
But from among his students, one of them, Ramón Quejana, came a great leader for all Spain. And when Quejana took office, he went back to his town and he wanted to give an award to his teacher, Don Cassiano. And Don Cassiano said to him, my award, you are my award, Ramón. You are my award. And so Ramón did not insist. On another occasion, Ramón said to him, Don Cassiano, if you had visited other countries and written, you would be famous now. And Don Cassiano replied to him, fame and honor. And what about Carrasqueda? And what about you, Ramón? No, he said, Carrasqueda is my world. I have buried myself in it. You know, I think that's the greatness of this teacher. That is a symbol, a symbol of Christ and a symbol of great uh, mentors, you know, that he worked in this small place, but he knew that his, through his disciples, his, his impact would be enormous. And, and he aspired to that. He aspired to have this great impact. And so his life was an adventure, an adventure that wasn't just confined to the things he immediately did. It was an adventure that he also lived vicariously to the, through the many disciples he had. I think that what happens to many of us today is that we fail at seeing the greatness of the mission that God has given us. And so our lives are no longer an adventure. And what happens when your life is no longer an adventure is that you need entertainment, a lot of entertainment, because the excitement has been taken out from our lives. And so we need to find something, something exciting to do because our lives are not exciting anymore. So I think the Lord is calling you to rediscover the adventure for which he created you. There is this path in your life, in your mission in this life, that is exciting and is an adventure. Go for it. Don't miss it. Don't be afraid of it. It is exciting. You don't need to look for some counterfeit entertainment to make your life fun. Your life can be fun and exciting. So in preparation for the Lord's coming this Christmas, think of where you stand in regards to humility. Are you accepting the one God made you to be? Is your temptation to overshoot, you know, to go for things beyond your possibilities or for too many things at once? And that's impossible. Or is it maybe to undershoot, to leave out possibilities that God is placing right there before you, simply because they're challenging or they require commitment or you may get criticized? God has made you for greatness. God has made you for an adventure in this life. And humility is the lens that will enable you to see that greatness and to go for it.